in between is this point of getting a promise from heaven, whether it's through his word, which we pray and hope you get in his word and you receive the promises that are in here, because these promises are amazing. Amen? So from this moment to the moment where it's actually fulfilled, that middle ground, that's where it's gold. That's the good stuff. But guess what? That's the hard stuff. You know, making something beautiful takes time. Going to where you're supposed to go takes time. And in that middle, I believe that God has been teaching us and shaping us and growing us as a church to take some lessons, some practical lessons from the Bible, from his word, and apply them to our lives. So I hope you've been encouraged. We've learned how to embrace the season of waiting. Amen? We've learned how to, in the middle of waiting, we choose to do the right thing instead of the wrong thing. Seeing Peter cast his net out to the right side. Choose the right thing. But tonight, we're going to talk about what I believe is, is really fundamentally for my life, one of the most important messages of the church. And it's receiving his power. Oh, you can say amen. We're not quiet in this church. We love Jesus and we can have fun. But the most amazing message of Jesus is, yes, his salvation message. The fact that he came to earth to die on a cross for you and me, a sinner, went to the tomb, raised to life again, but he didn't stop there. Some people think, oh, that was all. That's the message. You know, you hear the gospel, you've heard someone tell you, Jesus died on a cross, he raised again, praise the Lord. I don't believe that's the end of the story. Actually, Scripture <laughs> doesn't believe that's the end of his story. Jesus stayed on earth for 40 more days after he raised to life. 40 days he stayed and he hung with his disciples and people, and he had a little bit more work to do. He wasn't done. He wasn't done, and there's a, a, a valuable lesson that we're going to discover. So if you have your Bibles... Open up to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 1. If you don't have your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen. You can also use your smartphones. Don't be texting. I see it. Better yet, God sees it. So let him judge you. Acts 1, 1 through 9. Tonight's message, if you didn't catch it, it's called the in-between. Receive the power, man, the, the promise of waiting on God. I, I, I just feel in my heart, let me just say this. I think really some people really, really just need to wait on God. I just think that there's some people in this room tonight that have been kicking doors down. I said it last week, you know, when you, when you kick a door down, there's debris. I kicked a door down in college one time. Wasn't smart. I actually ran through the door. It was a terrible idea. But when I ran through that door, when I tried to push the door open myself, there was garbage, there was debris, there were splinters all in me. It was really awkward asking my roommate to pull him out. Really awkward and comfortable. But how many know you would rather walk through a door that God opens up? Some of you are like, no, I'd rather kick it. No, you wouldn't. Because you're going to get some debris in you. And I believe that this moment is powerful. I want some people just to wait on God so you don't have to keep kicking doors down. So you can see his plans for your life. You can declare he's a good father. He's a good father. All right, let's read the scripture. You guys are like, come on, is we going to read the Bible? Yes, we are right now. Acts 1. It says this, Luke is writing this book to who? To you, the church, to us. And it says this, in my former book, Theophilus, don't act like you know how to say that word either. 
Theo, my boy Theo, I wrote about all about that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he's talking about Jesus. Luke is writing about Jesus after his suffering. Man, that will just preach for days. I, when I worship, you guys see me up there. Maybe you're like, what is this dude doing? I lose my mind. You know why? He suffered for me. Back to the scripture. He presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Jesus said this to his disciples. Do not leave Jerusalem. Don't leave. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you, get them right back on track. Because these disciples, bro, they never got it together. He just tells them, you're about to receive the power that scripture and me and my father have told you about. And they're like, great, uh, let me ask you a question. When are you coming back again? Instead of, I want to think like, yo, you're promising me some power. What is it? They didn't ask that question. Guess what? We're like that. So Jesus, once again, diverts the conversation back to the promise. Is this making sense? He said, but you will receive power mm, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Jesus says a promise and poof, he's gone. Gone. Ascended right back into heaven. This is the greatest promise I think Jesus could have said while he was on earth. Father, these are your words. I pray, God, tonight that people will receive your power. Father, that hearts will be open to receive, that minds will be open to receive. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Receive the power. i got to put this on here. I don't know about you, but I, I kind of like working out. I don't love it. I kind of like it. I was an athlete all through college. Lord knows, I don't know how, but I was an athlete all through college. So workout was a part of my life, like every single day, probably twice a day, especially in college, I was working out, training, lifting. So after college, I had to keep it up, <laughs> Lord knows, because I was eating just as if I was still in college. I was going to the buffets, and I was eating as much as I want, and I started to look like, this is wrong and very unhealthy. But as you know, as these workout crazes are going on, me and... <laughs> My roommates and my brother-in-law today, we joined what is called a box. Anybody know what a box is? Yeah, it's that crazy stuff called CrossFit. Glory. I walk in there and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm an athlete. Like, I can hang and I do this. This is, this is cool. So I was there for a week and would come home sore. I kind of like that feeling of being sore. You feel like you accomplished something, right? Amen. Some of you are like, no, I don't. As a week went on, a week went on, we got a new instructor that came walking in the door. She was a lady. No offense to women in this room. No offense. This woman walked in. She was so mighty and so strong, it initially scared the living daylights out of me. And she kind of said one of these words. 
are you ready? Am I ready? She's like, are you ready? I was like, yeah, I'm ready. What are you going to do? Like, I, yeah, I'm ready. I'm a man. Like, I'm ready for this. What are you going to do? And we, so we began the warm-up and the stretching, and we started doing some lifts. And then we moved into what is called deadlifts. Anybody done a deadlift before? Yeah, I put like, I put like 200, 215 on there and started warming up. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. As God is my witness, she walks over to me carrying two 45-pound plates in one hand and in the other hand. And she throws them on the ground. She looks me square in the face and she says, is that all you got? I was like, no. <laughs> Give me another. So as I'm putting more and more weight on to prove myself like an idiot, she looks at me. She comes back over flexing. Well, I thought she was flexing. Looking square in the face. And this is what she says. I can't make this up. She goes, are you ready to receive the power? I was like, no, I'm ready to go home and get in the fetal position. You are scaring me to death. What do you mean? No. She's like, are you ready to receive it? Receive the power. Dig deep. I went to go lift this. Dropped it like halfway. I was done. I was done. Pulled my back out. Was done. Literally done for a week and a half. Could not do anything. I was like, there was no power in me. She's like, were you ready to receive it? It's like, no, you're nuts. You need help. At that time, I wasn't a pastor. I was becoming one. I was like, I'll counsel you. How many of you know that woman was like, are you ready to receive the power? And people in the room were like, yes. Give it to me. She had nothing to offer them. Nothing. Oh, she had encouragement. She had coaching. That was about it. I wish she would have picked up the other side of the weight and we could have lifted it together. Maybe that would have been helpful. But she said, quote, do you want to receive the power? And I said, from what? From what? Anybody thankful that we don't serve a God that just says, do you want my power? And you say yes and he doesn't give it to you. Anybody thankful for a God that has said, better yet, you don't even have to ask. I'll just give it to you if you wait for me. If you wait upon me, I will give you my power. I will give you the promise that I said I was going to give you. That's the God I believe in. This is not a quiet church. You can say amen. This is, this is the greatest message. Amen. Truthfully, the message that God says, do you want my power, my child? Do you want to walk in my power? Do you want to walk in my grace? Do you want to walk in my truth? Do you want to walk in my love? Do you want to walk in freedom all your life? He asked that. And always can say, yes, yes. And he goes, done, done. You're going to wait? You're going to ask? You're going to be eager enough to ask? Done. He doesn't put more weight on us. He doesn't put more dumbbells on us. No, he just says, you want it? I want you to have it. Because guess what? When you receive it, you're unstoppable. When you receive it, this world starts to change. This city starts to change. We are living in a city. We all know if you're from Chicago living in the city, we know this city needs to change. No longer can we just put blinders up and not notice what's going on in the city. It's chaotic. This city needs Christians to rise up. Not to take a back seat any longer. Not to worry about what friends may say. Who cares? They ain't your friends. <laughs> if you say to them, I'm walking with Jesus. I'm going this way because this is eternity. And they look at you and say, you're crazy. Thank them. And say, 
Bless you. I'm going towards Jesus. I have his power within me. I don't care what this world has told me I need. I don't care what this world has told me, what I need to have, what accomplishments I need to have, what money I need to have, whatever. That world can take it because it's all going to fade. Oh, JP, you drank way too much coffee. I did. I preached this morning at a church. I've been drinking coffee literally all day long. I'm sorry. <laughs> literally. But see, Christians, we, we don't like that. We want the comfortable. We want the easy. Oh, JP, why do you have to go there? Because Jesus never promised us that. He never said, hey, it's going to be roses and butterflies. No, he said, it's going to be hard. Take heart, and I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit, the same one that raised Christ from the dead. So you can go through anything, because you got the Spirit of God living in you. But guess what? We have to receive it. We have to open it. Just like I've said over time, when God gives gifts, and when someone gives you a gift, you have to receive the gift. It'd be real awkward going to your own birthday party and everyone bringing you gifts and you just say, thanks. Invite me, I'll take them. I'll take all your gifts. Especially if they're cards. You got to take the gift. You got to open yourself up to say, yes, I'll take it. Jesus' whole mission here on earth was to die for us, save us from our sin, raise to life after three days, and then give us the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I... I've been around church for a long time. I wasn't always living like a Christian. I said it often. I was messed up. I wandered. I left the things of God. I walked away. I said, I don't want it. I stepped into a world of sin and of chaos and of just absolute emptiness. But I've been around church a, a long time. My family's, my father's a pastor. My grandfather's a pastor. I guess I've become a pastor just passing it along. But you know what? Oftentimes as I sit in churches, I hear that message of Jesus saved you, he died for you, he rose again. But I don't hear the message of, but guess what? There's more. There's more. And see, this is why we got Christians just walking around like they have no power. Because this message of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to people is weird. Can I just be honest with you? There's some things that have happened in the church that deal with the Holy Spirit that, it, that they're not right. If you've grown up in the church, you may have seen them. They're not right. The Holy Spirit has an order to him, but he is also very mighty, and he is powerful, and he wants to reside in your heart and in your spirit so that he can build you up. That's why, in my opinion, Jesus came to save you, to redeem you, to restore you, but he also came because he needs you. He needs you to be used on this earth. And the only way he's going to use you, no way he's going to use me if I receive his spirit. How many of us want this? This is, this is awesome because you know what? As we go through scripture, as we go through life, as we go through trials, as we read his word, as we pray, as we get stuck in these ruts, as we get stuck in sin, as we get stuck in things, his spirit will bring us out of it. His spirit will strengthen us in it. In the waiting, his spirit will hold us close. Jesus said to him, don't leave. Jesus came to earth to walk with his disciples, to show the world who he was, to show his love and his grace and his truth to people. And then he died and he rose again. And then he said, but wait, I got more. Anybody thankful that we serve a God that has more? He's always got more. Who, I think that dying for me on a cross, going to a tomb, raising again is enough. That's good for me. You put a crown of thorns on your head. You took a spear to the side. You took some nails in your hands. That's good enough for me, bro. Thank you. I'll praise you with that. 
But he says, I'm not done. I'm going to raise again, but even greater, I'm going to give you my spirit. Just receive it. Just receive it. I said last week, this church, it's a dream. It's a God-sized dream. We shouldn't be here today. This is six, seven months of us meeting. This shouldn't be this way. I was hoping and thinking that we would have a Bible study, like seven of us, just gather around the table. When we moved here, I didn't know what God expected. But you know what I think more than ever? And this isn't a prideful thing, hear me. But I've looked at my wife, and I've looked at our team, and I've looked at people in this room, and I've said, we're going to seek the Spirit of God because there's always more when the Spirit is in the room. I want the promise of his Holy Spirit to come in me. I want, I need, better yet, I need the Spirit of God in my life every day. Because when I'm sitting in traffic, when I'm yelling at people, when I'm at Mariano's on a Saturday morning, and I lose my salvation at people, oh, you're a pastor. No, I ain't, don't act like that. Don't do that. I need his Spirit. I need his Spirit when we're walking through stuff. When I have someone come to me that says, man, I'm going through this. I don't know what to do. I need his spirit's wisdom. I need his spirit's words in to give to somebody else. I need his spirit when I'm meeting somebody for the first time and it's a big conversation to, to maybe push the church forward or to maybe push whatever I'm doing forward and I need to have the wisdom to speak to them. I need his spirit. I need his spirit to be a good husband. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't get married to be happy. I got married to be holy. And I need his spirit to help me. You need his spirit to help you every single day. But in the waiting, in the moments where, man, this is too hard, this is too rough, I don't like this, we push him away. We push him away. But he gave such a strong command. He said, don't leave. Wait. Receive. Don't wait. We don't, don't leave, don't, just wait and receive. Three things tonight, and then we're going to pray for some people. Is that all right? Even if it's not, we're going to do it. Three things, because honestly, I, there's not some deep theological understanding here. It's just, God is, ve God is very, very complicated to understand at times, but at times he's very, very, very close to you and easy to understand in here. And in this, it's pretty easy to hear. Wait upon me and receive my spirit and watch what you do. First thing is this, though. Don't wander off. Don't wander off. When we wander off and we're waiting and we need his spirit and we try to get out of the moment too early, we leave being unequipped. I said it last week, you know, I, I hate the dentist. I hate it. Nothing about the dentist is enjoyable. You know, they spread your teeth, they grind them, they do all that stuff. I hate it. I love my dentist. He's a good guy, but I don't like him in that, sitting in that chair. But how many of you know in that process of cleaning, we walk out with a brighter smile. We walk out with a cleaner teeth. But if I were to leave that process too early, I'd have stuff in my mouth still. My teeth would be dirty. I'd be messy. I'd have drool all over me because you know I drool on that dentist. But see, when you try to leave the situation too early, you don't get cleaned all the way. You don't get equipped all the way. When we wander off, that's what happens to us. Wandering means this. I love the dictionary. It says walk or move in a leisurely, casual, or aimlessly way. Don't wander. Don't wander off in an aimless way, losing sight of the intended path. In the middle, as you start, as you start to feel that moment of, I want to get out of this season of life. I want to get out of this trial on my own. We start to wander. Where am I going? 
Oh, I can do this on my own. I can do this all on my own. Guess, guess what? When God gets invited in, it's a straight path. We don't have to walk aimlessly anymore. We have too many Christians walking aimlessly. Can I just say that? We got too many people in the church that are proclaiming the name of Jesus that are walking around aimlessly with zero direction, zero clarity, zero peace, zero hope. And they're the child of God. They're walking aimlessly because they haven't waited to receive his spirit. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. This is a good message. It's encouraging, I promise. We're getting there. You're like, man, this is hard. This is hard for me. Can I just say that? This is hard. As your pastor, this is hard. But it's worth it. It's worth it. I don't want our church. I don't want our people that call Oasis home or wherever you call church home. I don't want it. And better yet, the King of Kings doesn't want you to walk around this earth aimlessly anymore. Wondering, what should I do today? Man, where am I going today? How can I, you know, people are doing it instead of going, you know what, God, I'm showing up every morning. I'm showing up every morning at your feet so your spirit can fill me so I know where I'm going. So I know. Jesus said to him, don't leave until my spirit comes upon you. If the church stopped walking aimlessly, imagine the breakthroughs that would happen. Imagine the miracles that would happen. Imagine the dreams that would be, be thought of. Imagine the, 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 the breakthrough, the provision that would happen in lives if the church just said enough's enough. We're waiting on the spirit to move before we do anything. Imagine the breakthroughs. I don't know what i got to do to get you to say amen. amen. This is good news. You're like, you're the pastor, you got to think this way. No! You're a Christian. We all got to think this way. Enough's enough of walking aimlessly, wondering. Don't leave Jerusalem, he says. A.K.A. in my paraphrased version of my Bible, it says, sit your butt down. <laughs> sit your butt down. Did your mama ever tell you to sit your butt down? My mom did a lot. Sit your butt down and you ain't moving until dad gets home. Hmm, hmm, that's awesome. But he's saying, sit down. But better yet, sit at my feet. Sit in my glory for a second. Just get equipped with me. Just sit here. I want to challenge us as a church to start making a heart's decision daily to sit at his feet. Maybe you've never been challenged in that way. Maybe you, you are a believer and you say, yeah, I love Jesus. I go to church, but that's great. What are you doing every single day to receive the power? Get, here's a way. Sit at his feet. Sit down. Well, what do I say? Just tell him you love him. Just tell him you love him. If you have no words to say, just say, Jesus, I love you. There's times in my life I don't know what to say. But I just tell him, I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, when we wander off, one final thought on this point and we'll move forward. There's, there's biblical principles. There's people in the Bible that wandered off. Moses. Guess what happened to him? Landed back up in that desert. 40 years. 40 years because he wandered off from the purpose. We're prone to wander. We see it all through scripture. We're prone to do it. And when we do it, some things happen that were never intended to happen. Well, God's sovereign. God knew that Moses was going to go there. I just wonder sometimes in the Bible as I read it, I wonder what would happen if they didn't prone to wander. I wonder. Peter. My boy Pete, one of the disciples, sat with Jesus, was in the room with Jesus. Guess what happened right before Jesus went to the cross? You're going to deny me three times. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Denied him three times. And then Jesus said, I'm going to build my church on you. But Peter wandered. 
Peter wandered off the path. He chose his path. He decided to do his own thing instead of saying, nope, I'm not going to do that, Jesus. I love you too much. I want you so much in my life that I'm going to stay straight. I'm not going to wander off. Is this encouraging you tonight? Second thing is this. Wait to receive the power. It says it in the scripture. It says, do not leave Jerusalem, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will receive power from the Spirit when he comes on you. Jesus says this. Jesus' words don't return void. When Jesus speaks something, it happens. Jesus spoke this earth into existence and we're living on it. Jesus spoke you into existence. You're living right now. It's beautiful what they said. He doesn't make mistakes. Christian, thank you so much. He doesn't make a mistake. When Jesus speaks something, it's pure. It's good. It's full of grace. But see, we have to wait upon God to receive it sometimes. We have to sit at his feet and receive it. This requires pressing in. I I know for me at least that when I'm in those moments of prayer and I don't know what to say, after 15 minutes sometimes I'm like, I've said everything. I've asked for my family to be good, my Church to be good. I'm out. Anybody else? No, just me, your pastor? Okay, yeah, judge me, please. Y'all been there. Y'all sat in prayer time wondering, what else do I pray about? No? After a certain point, you're like, what else do I pray? I pull, like, old journals on. I'm like, pray this? Okay, no. It's because sometimes I'm like, I don't, God, you know. I love you. I don't know. And you know what happens in those moments? That's when I got to bunker down. That's when I got to bunker down, and that's when I start to pray this. I thank him, and when I don't have many words to say, I say thank you, and then I start to say this. This is just me. I ask my wife. She hears me all the time praying. I just say, Father, I want to receive your power. I will wait to go till I receive your words. I will wait to go till I receive your direction on this day today. Father, I won't step until you give me clarity and wisdom today. I need your power. I will wait upon you. Baptize me once again afresh and new with your Holy Spirit. Pray that prayer and see what happens. Trusting that his promises are true. That he said, don't leave, but wait, and the Spirit will come upon you we got to bunker down. we gotta, we got to start to just wait and just wait and wait. But like I've said over and over and over again, this is the end. This is the last sermon of this series. This is it. This is the, the big finish, the big, the big hurrah. Wait upon God. Receive his spirit. Allow him to baptize you, to, to pour out his spirit on you. That's what that means, to pour out his spirit upon you to show you things that you've never seen before, to give you plans that you never knew were in you, to give you just a future that you could never come up with on your own. But we got to wait. Last thing is this, and the band's going to come up, and we're going to sing, and we're going to take communion tonight. It's going to be awesome. If we wait, if we wait, we're going to witness the outpouring of the Spirit. If you wait upon God, if you just sit and you wait and you don't wander off, you're going to witness the outpouring of the Spirit. Anybody want to see the outpouring of the Spirit? Anybody? Anybody want to see revival in Chicago? Guess what happens? It's we wait and we pray and we press in. And we're going to witness something great. We're going to witness the outpouring of the Spirit. See, guess what happens? They waited like he told them. And then Acts 2 comes along. Chapter 2. 
And the Holy Spirit comes into the room and it fills them all up. All the disciples and the people that were waiting and praying, waiting and praying, waiting and praying. They waited and prayed upon God. And he came and he swept in and he filled them. And guess what happened? I love this. The greatest, one of the greatest sermons was ever preached. One of the greatest multitudes of people were saved. Maybe I just get excited about that. Because hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people are now living in heaven because of that moment. I don't have to go to heaven by myself. There's going to be a lot more people there because of that moment. Oh, that should get you excited. But guess what? It should still be happening today. It is happening today. But our expectations of what the, the outpouring of the Spirit are have been skewed. I believe this. We've seen a lot of stuff happen. We've seen some things over here that we don't like, we don't agree with. We have our opinions. We have this and that. Guess what? Scripture has its own opinion. And its opinions is truth. If we wait, if we sit before the Father, he's going to pour his spirit out in great and mighty ways. This right here, this church is an outpouring of his spirit. Your lives are an outpouring of his spirit. But we have to wait. We have to be open to receive the power. I want you guys to be so filled with power from the Spirit that nothing will shake you any longer. You won't be attracted to this world any longer. Can I just say that as your pastor? When you receive the outpouring of the Spirit, this world, the lies, the nonsense, the stupidity, it's not attractive. You're like, I'm going to glory. And I'm going to bring as many people with me. I'm going to tell as many people about them. I'm going to preach the greatest sermon ever told in my life. I'm going to tell everybody at my work, everybody at my school, I'm going to be as bold as all bold can be because the Spirit is in me and I am with Him. I am connected to Him and He's pouring His Spirit out. I've waited upon Him to get strength to strength, glory to glory, and now people are going to hear it. We can preach like we're dying. We can live like we're dying. But we can live like we're dying knowing we got a hope in a future that's waiting for us, and it's Jesus, and it's his kingdom. But this is hard. This is hard. See me, like, brushing the world off, you're all like, wow, he does that really well. That's hard. Just me? Pray for your pastor. It's hard. But when you receive his power... When you receive his grace, when you receive his spirit that he promised, the greatest promise I believe that he said, you can face it. You can face it. So I want every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. I just want you to take a second. No looking around. I just want you to ask God, God, give me your spirit's power. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Father, tonight, I just thank you so much for your promise. Father, the promise that if we just wait upon you, you are going to give us your spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus right now that your Holy Spirit falls on people right now. That you fill people with your spirit, that sin, that shame, that guilt, that sorrow and pain is dismissed in Jesus' name. Father, that you bring new hearts tonight, Jesus. That you bring new minds tonight, Jesus. That your spirit strengthens those that are weary. That you give sight to the blind. That you give hope to the hopeless. That, Father, you fill each and every person in this room with your spirit. Baptize us tonight in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just feel like I need to do this tonight. 
I just want to give the invitation to anybody that has yet to receive Jesus for the first time. If you're in this room tonight and you said, man, I need that love. I want the world to fade. I need Jesus. If you're in this room, no one's looking around. In a second, I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up. We're going to agree with heaven. You're going to have a brand new start, a brand new life. Not a second chance, a brand new start. So if you're in this room and you said, man, I need that. I need to receive that. I need that hope. I just on the count of three want you to slip your hand up. We're going to agree together. One, he loves you. Two, he died for you. Three, he's going to want to spend eternity with you. Slip your hand up if you're in the room tonight. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Second thing is this. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit into your life in a new way, in a fresh way, on the count of three, I just want you to slip your hand up. No one's looking around. This is a moment. I'm telling you, you're going to remember this moment forever. On the count of three, if you want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit tonight, I just want you to slip your hand up. One, two, three. Slip your hand up if you want to receive that tonight. Jesus, you see the hands. Father, you receive them tonight. Father, fill them, oh God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you just fall fresh right now, Father. That you fill people that are eager and that want your spirit to come alive in them, Jesus. Oh God, I just pray for strength, God. I pray that your grace will fill them, Father, from the top of the head to their toes, God. Baptize them, we pray. Jesus, we love you. We trust you. It's in your beautiful name we ask. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tonight, we're just going to continue a few moments longer. How good is God? How good is God? You can give him a little round. He's good. His spirit is in this room, and I believe it, but we're going to continue to celebrate and honor and remember Jesus by taking communion. This is so valuable. This isn't a religious thing. This is a, a remembrance thing I say all the time. This is our opportunity to remember that broken body and that blood that was poured out. We do it in remembrance. It's not going to save you. It's not going to change you. If you're not a part of this church, you don't have to take this. But if you're a believer of Jesus, you're welcomed at his table. And so as they come, they're going to have a bread and, and some grape juice. You just tear off the bread and take it, dip it. The band's going to sing a song. And then I'm going to close this out tonight. But let me pray over this, this time to just remember it. And before you take it, before you step out, just take a moment between you and God. Once again, just have time with him. to sit at his feet and just rest with him. And when you feel comfortable and ready, come on up and take it.